Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, what's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. I apologize. It's already Thursday. I'm just getting this podcast out. I'm going to get another one out early next week. This is such a busy time of year uh, in my career field, and I've been so busy this week, and I'm finally finding about a half hour here to slip this thing in and be able to get a podcast out about what has happened really the first week of August, which is the D.C. tournament, the City D.C. Open, which is always a big deal. Los Cabos is always a big deal, and then there was one, the Generale Open, which is in Austria. Not, I almost said Australia. Not in Australia. It's in Austria. Let's get to the DC Open. The DC Open always has a good crowd. Um, I went to it once when I was really young. It was Leg Mason back then, and it still gets a good crowd. It's an ATP 500, solid tournament, good prize money, over $2 million in prize money, and it usually gets a lot of good of Americans. Good Americans, I should say to play in this tournament. Taylor Fritz, the top seed. Andy Murray gets in this tournament. It's uh, Chris Eubanks, which everybody's been loving lately. Manorino, Michael Moe, J.J. Wolf, Liam Brody, Gael Monfils, who's forever entertaining. Grigor Dimitrov, Alexander Bublik, two seed right here in this tournament. Francis Tiafo, another American. Ben Shelton swings in here. Really good players. Sebastian Corda, FAA. I'm telling you, good players play in D.C., especially because it's, it's you know kind of at the beginning of the U.S. Open swing on the hard courts here in America, and then a lot of players go to Toronto right afterwards, and then they'll go to Cincy, and then they have a choice to go to Winston-Salem or not, and then head to the U.S. Open. So there's a fair amount of players that get in this tournament, and especially a lot of Americans that want to really prepare for the U.S. Open properly. Let's get right into it. Uh, A lot of good matches. Grigor Dimitrov and Daniel Evans make it all the way to the semifinals, which is interesting. I didn't see that coming really at all. Francis Tiafo makes it to the quarters, lose to Daniel Evans. Daniel Evans playing really good tennis. Uh, Dimitrov kind of comes out of nowhere here and makes it all the way to the semifinals. He's the five seed. He goes through Mackie McDonald. He goes through Rusevori. He goes through Humber. And then he goes all the way into Daniel Evans, and Evans makes it to the final. On the top side of the bracket, Taylor Fritz loses in the semifinal to Greekspur, Talon Greekspur. And the finals, Greekspur and Daniel Evans. Now, Maybe not the big final that you were looking for. Maybe not the big, you know, big name final you're looking for in D.C. But nevertheless, a good final. Daniel Evans wins this tournament. A fantastic win for him moving into the U.S. Open. It's his second title overall as a player on tour. He is 33 years old, so he's kind of getting up there in age. He won Melbourne in 2021, and now he's won in D.C. here in 2023. Something of note that I have of note here, um, Ben Shelton loses in the second round to Shang, who's a qualifier, so his struggles kind of continue a little bit. Now, I give him a little grace because it's his first year on tour, so I know he's still trying to get in the swing of playing this much tennis all around the world, so I know that can be a balancing act and challenging. Uh, FAA continues to struggle. Felix Ojeleasim loses to Watanuki in the second round. Doesn't play in the first round. He's a three seed. He's got a bye. And then he loses in the second round. So his struggles continue. I have no idea what's going on over there. 
with FAA, but he continues to struggle a little bit. And for someone who has such a good corner and got a good head on his shoulders, it seems, you know, especially you watch him on that Netflix doc, he just continues to struggle, but his ranking still continues to be somewhat high. So, you know, you look at him struggling and you look at guys like Diego Schwartzman. He's kind of in the same boat, unseated here, lose to Mackie McDonald in the first round. Granted, he would have to play into Grigor Dimitrov, but still, Diego Schwartzman at one point was making semifinals of Grand Slams, it seemed like, um, more commonly. And now he's not anymore. But overall, DC, great tournament per usual. And the winner coming out of there is Daniel Evans. We need to move on. Let's go to Los Cabos. Los Cabos. Another good tournament uh, down there in Mexico, so you're still kind of in the same time zone and not too far away. However, this is an ATP 250, so not as many good players in this tournament. Still good players, but not as many of them, but nevertheless, a solid tournament. John Isner gets a terrible draw. He gets unseated and has to play Sitsipas, who's the top seed, right out the bat in the second in the second round. Uh, the other names in this, you're looking at Garin, Tommy Paul, uh, Cam Norrie's the two seed. Alex Day Manures here. Cam Norrie struggles a little bit, loses in the second round. Then we move on to the semifinals, and it's uh, Sidzi Pass plays Chorich. Chorich continues to play good tennis. Good to see him play well on the hard courts and really get back in the swing of things. He was hurt for a while there, but looks to be back in uh, midseason form here right before the U.S. Open. He beats Isla Ivashka. It looks like in the third round. But Alex Damanur, the demon, making it all the way to the finals to play Stefano Sitsipas. Sitsipas cruises through Damanur in straight sets. But Alex Damanur, he's a dangerous player. And especially as we keep going on hard court, because he's an Australian, grew up playing on that hard court surface. He's a dangerous player as we move into the U.S. Open. He made a run there about four years ago, and he can make another one. And he's playing well this year, so I wouldn't put it past him. But Sitsipas wins this tournament in Los Cabos. We're going to touch briefly right here on the tournament going on in Austria. Uh, I know Dominic Team likes to play in this tournament. Granted, he is from there. Uh, but not a lot of huge names in this tournament. Dominic Team is in the tournament. Hampfman is the two seed. Other than that, it's uh, you know not a lot of guys that I think really that I know or Echeverry is in is the number one seed here not a lot of guys in this tournament that I know or would be known across the tour good tennis still but it's a 250 on clay during the U.S. Open swing so you can expect there's not a lot of players there Sebastian Baez goes on to beat Dominic Team in the final here 6-3-6-1 good to see Dominic Team continue to get better I think this is the most important thing when we look at what Dominic Team is doing slowly slowly getting better and it's good to see him make a final here, especially in his home country of Austria, even if he doesn't get it done. But a great win for Sebastian Baez, really. Um, he plays really good tennis. He's dangerous at any time. Ranked number 42 in the world, 22 years old from Argentina. That is his third ever title on the ATP Tour. He's won two this year now. Both have been on clay. He won one on clay in 2022. Three titles, all on clay court. And... No wonder why he's playing clay before the U.S. Open overseas because he plays so well on it. Can get the most points and can get a trophy. I mean, that's what this is all about, isn't it? All right, let's get into a little bit of news here at the very end of this podcast. I want to start with uh, the Los Cabos win for Stefano Tsitsipas. Uh, Oleg S. on Twitter, which this tweet seemed to get some steam and seems to come from a reliable source, 
Uh, I, so take this with a grain of salt, but said, uh, Steph is now the youngest player on the ATP tour with titles on outdoor, hard, indoor, hard, clay and grass courts. So Stefano Sitsipas seeming to do it all on every single surface. Daniel Evans, who won DC, it's his first ATP 500 title. And with that, he gets a new career high ranking of 21 in the world. An incredible week for him at the DC city open or the city DC open, I should say. And moving forward into the hardcore season more leading up to New York and what's happening there. Last thing here, uh, the ATP Challenger Tour has made some uh, changes. It said record-breaking enhancements, increased prize money, and more higher-tier events. $10.3 million in prize money, uh, 39 higher-tier events, and 70 players earn more than $30,000. Up from, it looks like, $18,000. Yeah. So good for the Challenger Tour. I'm wondering if, you know, a few, maybe a month ago at this point, a few weeks ago, I feel uh, time flies these days, but there was a article that came out about the Saudi Wealth Fund trying to, you know, tap into professional tennis. And I wonder if the Challenger Tour said, uh, we're going to try to avoid everybody going over there. Is that happening in tennis as intensely as it happened in golf? I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, would I like it to? No. I like tennis the way it is. Could it change things? Absolutely. How do I feel about that? I'm not sure yet. I don't know how it would change things, but I really do love the traditional tennis. I really do. Um, there's so much history in these Grand Slams, in these tournaments. Uh, would it be different? I'm not sure. But it would suck to not have all the players playing at the U.S. Open or Wimbledon or any of that, any of that stuff. But I think... You know, some players say if they can't play, like in live golf, they couldn't play in the Masters or they couldn't play in certain tournaments. Originally, I think that was kind of the thought. If players can't play at the U.S. Open or they can't play at, I don't know, Wimbledon, I think they wouldn't do it. I can't speak for them, but there's just so much rich history there, and they're the biggest stadiums in the world with the best courts. So, I don't know. I really don't know. That's my two cents on it, and it's not even really much of a thought. So <laughs> that's going to be it for this episode. Uh, we talked a little bit about the tournaments that were happening. Toronto is going on literally as we speak, but I didn't touch on it at all because I want to talk about it in next week's podcast. So Toronto, always a good tournament. Montreal on the women's side, always a good tournament. We'll get into those next week. Caroline Wozniacki is back on court, which is amazing to see. So that is something happening, I believe, in Montreal this week. So a lot to talk about next week on this podcast. I kept it short and sweet. I got to go to work. I'll talk to you later. Have a good day. Have a good weekend. And we'll see you in probably just a few days. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.